the Real Estate Wise Guys Podcast. All right, my friends, welcome to the very first episode of the Real Estate Wise Guys. You excited for this? Very excited. Let's get after it. So in this podcast, we're going to be going over Austin's real estate market, and we will also be answering your real estate questions, as well as giving you a little behind the scenes look at our lives as realtors, brokers, and uh, real estate investors. Um, today's episode, Sean and I are going to give you a little background of our history in real estate. That way you can learn a little bit about us and our qualifications as we go through this podcast. Then we're going to touch on Austin's current real estate market, and then we'll jump into one question from our audience and uh, discuss that uh, question for you. All right, without further ado, Sean, you ready to jump into telling us all about your history in real estate? Yes, sir. That's good. Uh, I, my real estate journey started before I was in Austin. Uh, it was in 2007 or so I got licensed, worked for a commercial developer doing basically administrative stuff. Made the move to Austin in 2010 and actually got licensed right when I moved here, was actually in property management in the downtown uh, area, and transitioned to sales in 2015, and opened the brokerage 2019, and here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your development and all that you've been working on? Yeah, so um, in 2000, or 2020 is when I got uh, made the transition partially into real estate development. We um, took on our first project in the middle of the pandemic, um, we've got two projects going right now, and we've got a few in the pipeline, and that is uh, kind of a separate arm of the business that obviously coincides with the with the brokerage business. They kind of go hand in hand, but that is a you know a steady steady thing that we're trying to build on and do more of that. Very good. Roughly, uh, how many transactions a year do you do? Uh, this in 2021, which a little bit of somewhat of an outlier, but I would say the average of the last few years is between 30 and 35 transactions a year. So you got a pretty good clue about how these real estate transactions work. Yeah, I, uh, I actually checked recently. I, um, I hit 100 transactions, 100 sales or earlier this year. So it's uh, in Austin. So we've, we've yeah, been around a little bit. For sure. Awesome. And uh, tell us about your journey. Where, where did you start and where, how did you end up where you are now? Well, uh, as far as coming to Austin, I was uh, working in North Dakota the four years previous to moving here, running a machine shop, and uh, I needed to get out of there. So I Googled the best places to live in the U.S. with warm weather and pretty girls, and Austin was on top of the list. I moved here, I was in the process of getting my uh, MBA, so I actually was moving here because of the saw job market and uh, planning on getting into a management role. But I went golfing with a buddy in Colorado on the way down. Uh, from North Dakota, who was a realtor, and he encouraged me to check out uh, becoming a realtor, and I did so. Thought I was going to really kill it in the real estate game, and took my test, got it all done, got my license. Ten months later, I had cashed zero checks and was really grinding hard, but not <laughs> making any progress. Was able to uh, push through that, and then that after that ten-month hiatus of no uh, no checks, I was able to get five contracts completed in that uh, month and took off from there. Did five million in that first year in sales and then um, over the last few years, it pretty much doubled that each year to where last year we did over uh, 20 million in sales. Very nice. And um, Zach and I met in 2016. Yeah. Was that 2016? We were both at uh, JB Goodwin um, here in Austin and that was Zach's first, that was your first stop, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Sir. That was my second stop and we 
connected then. That was when he was um, working hard and making zero dollars, which is uh, the introduction that a lot of people have into real estate sales. Um, not, not very different than mine. I had one transaction in the first 12 months and made $17,000 my first year, which is... Money in the bank. Yeah, not, not, a, not a living wage. Um, and yeah, we, we kind of overlapped a few years at J.B. Goodwin. I had left and started the brokerage, and then, and then Zach joined me um, in early 2020. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and tell me a little bit about the barter team. You came here as a one-man shop, and I got... Uh, that team's grown a little bit. Well, definitely didn't come as a one-man shop. I had my director of business operations, the man behind the scenes, Carson Baskin, pulling all the strings and making it happen for me. But yeah, we came here together. Um, Carson works behind the scenes, uh, handling all of my transaction admin and helping me with all the, the marketing and everything. But uh, um, we just took on a lot of transactions last year and saw an opportunity uh, this year to bring on a couple of buyer's agents. So we have um, my good friends Henry and Ryan, who are starting their real estate careers, they just got licensed, and we're helping them get going, and uh, yeah, helping them grow as buyers agents, and eventually we'll get them into the position where they can start doing listings as well. Very cool. And Zach um, has steadily increased his business volume the years that he's been here, and last year was a record-setting year for him and the barter team. So congratulations on that. Thanks, my man. Uh, do you have any? Uh, investing personally for here in Austin? Yeah, so I own two rentals by myself and then I have one with a partner. Um, those are just long-term rentals. Got a couple more under contract that should be closing here in the next few months. Um, my first property that I purchased was here in 2018. Actually sold that and used that, those funds to purchase a couple more properties. So trying to add a few more cash flow and properties and still in that empire. Expand that portfolio. Yes, Very cool. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up a little bit about our real estate history so you guys know we have at least a little bit of credibility uh, but let's go ahead and jump into Austin's market update and I'll have Sean take the lead on this but Austin's market has definitely shifted pretty dramatically over the last 90 days can you just kind of give us a feel for what you're seeing in the market and, and why that's occurred yeah um, we have certainly seen a shift anyone who's been paying a little bit of attention has known that Austin has been a ridiculously hot real estate market for the last several years but especially Kind of from the pandemic onward, it's been, I mean, it's been gangbusters. We've seen very, very low levels of inventory, really high price appreciation year over year, been very competitive, very difficult environment to be a buyer in. And a, I don't even want to say it's an easy market to be a seller in, but it, sellers were, were selling their homes at levels that, that they never could have expected and that we've ever seen. That all changed really. It started, the tide started to turn a little bit in, in April uh, as the first uh, rate increase started to um, make its way into the mortgage rates. Um, so, as the, the Fed fund um, increased their rates, we started to feel the effect of it. Sometimes it's actually it's almost speculation. Buyers react to that before that we actually feel it, so to speak. So, we were seeing buyer attraction listing inventory was increasing and those two things kind of feed off of each other. So we, the, the biggest thing that we saw was buyer retraction was happening simultaneously as listing inventory was increasing. And that's something that happens naturally between January and June. We always see, you know, listing numbers go up. Normally the buyer demand increases with that, with the seasonality of the business. So they, they stay somewhat linear. That has not been the case this year. Buyers have all but disappeared. It's a little bit of uh, hyperbole. They, it's retracted in a, in a dramatic sense. 
in the listing, inventory has increased. And so we have this surplus of inventory relative to what we've seen. Um, and the factors that are playing into that, mortgage rates are significantly higher now than they were 12 months ago, even nine, eight months ago. Um, the affordability in Austin in general with prices increasing as much as they have been, it makes it harder to buy a house, it makes it harder to get into a property and with in increased interest rates, that problem is exponential. The talk of a recession and um, the inflation um, news that is basically on the TV every single time you turn it on is a, you know, that creates fear in buyers and people in general. And for the most part, they may not act fearful. They just don't act and they don't make moves. They're not looking at houses. They're just kind of staying put, waiting to see what's going to happen. So all those things kind of factored in these last three to four months has made our market much, much quieter than what we're used to. Not to say that this outcome is a surprise. I think that my biggest surprise, I'd be interested to hear your take on it, is how quickly it happened. Um, this, we never, I mean, we've said it a hundred times. We never expected Austin to do 20% appreciation year over year. We didn't expect the levels of inventory to stay with their at for long term. It was unsustainable. No one really expected that. The, the return to where we're at now I did not expect it to happen in three or four months' time, and it happened in three or four months' time, which is remarkable. And the biggest question right now is how long is this going to last? When are we going to start to you know, shift back or get those buyers back into the marketplace? And yeah, that's the, that's the million-dollar question that we are, we're talking to buyers and talking to people in the market trying to figure that out. And um, you know, I think the big thing is the further we get from those 2.75, 3% interest rate days, and we start to get a little bit more positive news on the national economic level, I think buyers will realize Austin's a pretty good place to, to buy real estate, and it's a good long-term investment. It's an economically strong city, and I think that's when we're going to start to see that. Personally, I think that's probably going to be inside of 12 months, probably closer to the end of the year, beginning of next year. Um, but you know, time will tell. We'll see what the, I think the biggest thing, um, the last piece that I'll add is inflation numbers. The, inf the, the inflation rate has to come down for, I think the buyer confidence to really, to come back into the housing market and main, mainly because inflation is scary for a lot of people because um, they don't know what it's going to do, how it's going to affect them. Are they going to lose their job? All of that. As soon as that starts to get curbed, which is what the Fed's trying to do, I think the, the housing market would become a little bit more, uh, we can know what to expect a little bit better for sure what are um yeah with with that being said what are your thoughts on are you seeing um similar different different opinion yeah it's definitely been uh a lot slower than we were seeing last year can't believe how quickly it turned around when we talk about like three to four months that yeah. we went from basically half a month of inventory to now we're expecting july's numbers to be around three and a half months of inventory that's a really big shift quickly um I, it is surprising to me too. I mean, early this year in March, we were still waiting in line to show houses. So, uh, you know, there are 10 to 20 buyers for every single house and that just kind of disappeared overnight. But the uh, biggest part of that, I think, is interest rates. I mean, rates have roughly gone from 3% to 6% in six months. Yeah. Um, and just give you an example of how much that impacts affordability. The median home price as of June in the city of Austin is 615000 If you were to purchase a house today for 615000 that's the equivalent of buying a house in 2021 based on interest rates 
at seven hundred seventy-five thousand. So it's you know one hundred sixty thousand dollars more house that you can get for the same price just based on your mo- your monthly affordability. Right. So it's um, obviously making a big impact. I think there is an element of people are just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with the macro, and that's why a lot of people have have pulled back. I do think that, like you said, within twelve months we'll probably see a pickup in demand happen again. I mean, those 10 to 20 buyers for every single house just haven't disappeared. Like yeah. They're just waiting on the sidelines, waiting to get a better feel for where we're at in the market. Um, and then they'll take action when they feel more comfortable with it, when we kind of have a more sustained rate for more than you know a week or two. Yeah. And uh, another thing I will add, um, price appreciation is something that a lot of people look at in terms of their investment. The, when, you're, when you're purchasing a house, a lot of times you're in, the investment is not the first thought there, you know, you're looking for a home and where to spend your time and host parties and whatever that may be, but it is a lot of money. So people do want to make sure that it's a, it is a sound investment. At least it's a good place to park that money. And Austin has still, even with this drop off and even with this dramatic shift, we are still seeing year over year appreciation. And that's something that we have to continue to remind people because they see price reductions. They see these listings reducing their prices by, large percentages or large dollar amounts, that is not an indication of price depreciation. Price appreciation, the way that is, is kind of accounted for is year over year. So when we're looking at the median sales price in June, we're comparing it to last June because that's the way in the housing market you have to look year over year because month to month, it's too, the data is too kind of scattered or too small of a, a data set to really compare like, oh, prices dropped from one month to the next. We've never looked at real estate investment that way. It's always been year over year. So as of right now, in the month of the June numbers are out, we saw 7% increase in the median sales price in the city of Austin. 7% outperforms a large percentage of the country normally. The the rest of the country has also gone through this kind of pandemic boom, um, but 7% is something a lot of markets would, you know, that they would love to see in their market on a regular basis. We're coming off of 28 and a half, so it feels like a dramatic shift, but historically over the last 40-ish years, we've seen low sixes, you know, high five year-over-year appreciation as an average. So that's much more in line with where we're at. I think the volatility of that number is gonna bounce around the rest of the year, um, but where we ultimately end up, I think we can expect to be in those kind of high single digits year over year. And that's kind of what that's, that seems to be the expectation, you know, kind of longer term as well. For sure. I think that's an important point to make when we turn on the news, it's very easy. You hear a lot that prices are falling and the sky is falling. Slashing prices. Yeah, prices are being slashed. The reality is when we look at actual values, our median home price is up 7%, which Again, like your national average for housing appreciation on an annual basis is somewhere between three to five percent. So we're still well above above that. And um, I was looking at the MLS today, trying to get an idea of where July's numbers will be. And it looks like our median home price in the city of Austin is going to be up roughly ten percent. Um, so up to six hundred fifty-five k for median home price. And last year, we're at this time, we we're at five hundred seventy-five thousand. So prices definitely are not dropping when we look at it from a year over year. Um, it's just that. We're in this, um, it's easy to be in a mindset now that prices are going down because we're seeing a lot of price reductions on listing prices, but that is not the same as values going down. That's just an indication that individuals have listed homes for too high of a price and they're having to adjust their list price, their marketing price, for lack of a better way of describing it, to get to where the market actually is. Um, In previous years, last year, 
And the reality is, is we could pretty much slap any number on a listing and it would sell for some, whether or not it was above or below that number, it was gonna sell just because there was a lack of inventory. Now it's gonna be important for sellers when they're working with their agent to have a strategy on where they're positioning it to make sure that it's priced appropriately. And a lot of people haven't made that adjustment yet. And that's why we're seeing a lot of price reductions um, on the list price. But again, not an indication of actual value of the homes. We haven't seen um, decreases in a lot of home values. Right, and another, um, to that same point, and this is something that we saw early 2020, um, post COVID, we had that kind of screeching halt, March, April, May-ish is when it rebounded. And then kind of that middle part of the year when everything was being listed we as agents we used comps to justify to land on a list price and you run comps in the neighborhood in the area similar homes and you try to gauge where you need to be within the market a lot of times you're kind of shooting at the top end because often you know home prices increase well a lot of times for listings we're using we're going back six months nine months 12 months sometimes if you need to and with that, a lot of agents were pricing homes based on what the comps were telling them to, and they would be off by 20% in the wrong direction. They were, you know, they would price it at $600,000 and they would sell for seven twenty, And that's because they, the market was lagging behind, the real market was way ahead of what the historical comps were, were showing us. And that's, as agents, that's all we have to go off of is sold data, sold data. I mean, that's where we hang our hat. That's how we used to predict. And we can add premiums to that and take uh, take it away you know looking at the different homes but it is a it's a bit of a moving target and right now that's what we're seeing agents are listing homes based on historical comps this year and that trend line is starting to flatten out a little bit and they're still on this upward trajectory so you're seeing these dramatic price decreases on the listing side where well they just missed the mark the you know they were projecting that trend line to continue to go up at 20 percent, and it's not it's closer to seven so um, that's a big thing that we're seeing. And the other point that um, that I wanted to mention is because of the run that Austin has been on these last few years, a lot of homeowners have a ton of equity. And we're talking 30, 40, 50, 60% equity in the homes if they've owned it for a few years. And with that, when you price a home, it's way easier to come off of that original list price and come off in a bigger fashion when you've got 50% equity in the home. If you're listing a house for 800 that you bought for 400, it's easy to drop it 50 grand because you've got so much equity in it anyway that you're gonna cash out and walk away with. And that's kind of what we're seeing is the normal, in a, in a more moderate normal market, you can't just cut your price 10% because sellers don't have that much equity to do it. So there's a little bit more price integrity and stability in that because not all the sellers can do that. And right now, most sellers can do that if they've owned it more than a few years in Austin, for sure. With all that being said, uh, do you feel comfortable buying homes in Austin now? And are you happy with the investments that you have now as far as holding them long-term in Austin? Yes, uh, long-term in Austin, I don't think there's any question of that. Um, there's, there are very, uh, you can probably single out a few cases here in Austin over, over its um, history, but anyone who's bought a home in Austin over the last 30 years has, has it was a pretty good return. And especially if you're holding it for more than five to seven years. Um, I am not a rental property owner. My investing is development. So it's much shorter term. It's a kind of a completely different analysis and play. We generally don't hold homes for more than two years. Um, the, the, we actually prefer not to hold them that long. You know, we're getting in redeveloping, redeveloping them and selling them. Um, so with that, 
we are having to make sure that we're buying right, that we can exit at where we want. We're keeping costs low on the on the build side, and um, and making sure that we're not going to get caught in between. And even right now, we bought some of our lots last summer, and we are coming up on to sell those. And it, that is bad timing. You know, we we basically timed it at a time where stuff was expensive. We paid a premium for it, and now we're going to have to be a little bit more. Um, lenient on on the list side when we go to sell. With that being said, there's still we we are have capital preservation. We are we're not worried about losing money out of the particular deal. We're not gonna you know our margins are gonna be slimmer than they were. But that is Austin as a whole is there's a lot of demand right now. It feels like a lot of that demand has dissipated. We expect that to come back. But we 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 see demand at all levels, all price points. Um, right now, I think the biggest thing that, that's contributing to this retraction is fear, and I think that is short term. Fear doesn't last for very long, especially when people, six months from now, if they're a little bit scared about losing their job, and six months from now they sell their job, they're probably not scared of losing their job anymore. It's it's this you know this limited time period where they're fearful of rates, fearful of the job, inflation, whatever. As soon as we get a little bit more answers, a little bit further from this scary time, I think that's when they jump back in. Um, but Austin as a whole, in terms of me personally investing, I closed on a property three weeks ago. So yeah, we're, we're still buying ideally. Yeah. I would be selling at a slightly different time because right now it's not, you know, it's not the best time for that, but anyone who's owned their home for an extended period of time, you can sell, you're still going to make money. You're still probably going to sell it at a price you would have six months earlier. It's going to take a little bit longer. The terms are going to be a little bit more favorable to the buyer um, or more so than they were. But um, Austin is something that we feel very confident in long term. What about you? You uh, you actively looking or looking to sell, looking to buy? What's what's yeah. on your plate? Yeah, definitely looking to buy more. I have uh, actually three more under contract, two that will be closing this year and want to move on those for sure. The, the numbers on that are still really solid. Single family rentals? Yep, yep, single family rentals. Uh, as far as long-term in Austin, I'm a very bullish. There, I don't see any scenario in which we have any long-term slowdown as far as prices going down. I think we'll, worst case in Austin is slowed growth. The reality is I think that this market now is a positive. One of our biggest issues for the health of our overall market has been inventory. This is allowing inventory to catch up. This is allowing builders to catch up. and. Um, it's, and we have more resale homes on the market too. The other thing I think we will see, I think we'll probably see a little retraction of some of the resale homes that we have now because of the point you mentioned earlier where people have equity in their homes. There's not, there aren't really any have-to sellers out there right now. There's people that are like trying to take advantage of selling at the top or want to cash in on their investment. There, there could be some people that are operating out of fear on that for sure. But the reality is, is people aren't losing money selling their house right now if they've had it for any extended amount of time. Most people that own their house in the city of Austin last year, the reality is, is they made a whole additional salary worth of uh, <laughs> income as, as far as their net worth goes. I mean, a lot of people made more than six figures on the equity growth in their house last year, which is crazy to think. That's not a year over year thing that's, that's possible, but uh, long term, the reality is Austin's a great place to live. There's a lot of companies that are investing here. There's a lot of great paying jobs here. So we got Tesla, Meta, Google, Oracle, Samsung, Samsung's talking about doing a $192 billion chip plant um, outside of Taylor, Texas, which is obviously a suburb of, of Austin. And to put that in perspective, I nerded out on this one a little bit. The Apollo program that we had here in the United States cost $25.8 billion. 
that's the equivalent in today's dollars of 257 billion. So Samsung's basically doing a similar cost to the Apollo program out in Taylor if they get that approved. Um, I think that will definitely drive a lot of growth um, in that area. But beyond that, um, we've got Apple, um, Indeed, Canva, a whole bunch of big companies that are investing here in Austin. That's not going away. We have, obviously, we're still the live music capital of the world. There's a lot of entertainment here. There's good weather, although we are taping this right now, and it's like 100-some degrees outside, so good in quotation marks. But it is, it is a warm weather climate for sure. We have the state government here. We have the University of Texas. All those things are going to be things that aren't leaving. That continue to be reasons why Austin's a great place to live. And because of that, people are going to continue to move here, and there's going to continue to be demand for housing. So, yes, I'm very bullish on purchasing homes in Austin, and I think that this uh, little window that we have right now is really a window opportunity, whether it's three months or 12 months where we're a little bit slower, whatever it may be, now's a, a moment of opportunity for sure. Right, and I think uh, an important point to make is what we've ex experienced the last 24 months or really you know, the majority of 2020 and 2021, even earlier this year, is that was an anomaly. We, you know, appreciation at 25% plus the, in home inventory below one month is that that is the exception to the rule we are getting back to more of a normal marketplace um, where buyers can look at multiple homes they can negotiate on price negotiate on terms they don't have to put 25 percent down or 20 percent down or 40 percent down like we i mean it was almost the norm last year so it's becoming much more of a normal marketplace where you can it's it's much more comfortable for the buyer. The sellers have you know the opportunity of yeah sticking that sign in your yard, naming your your astronomical price and probably getting it or getting pretty close to it. Those days are likely over. We're going to be we're a high demand city, but it's much more balanced where we're going to see you know a buyer and seller kind of you know tug of war of kind of who has the upper hand. And I think right now. The months of inventory is a complicated thing. Um, something that they keep talking about is you know the number of listings. Number of listings is one metric, and then buyer demand is measured based on the number of closings that we're seeing over a trailing 12-month period. And then months of inventory is those two numbers or those two metrics, you know, factored together. So, if we have 100 homes on the market and we sell 100 a month, that's very different. If you have 100 homes on the market and you only sell 10 a month, and right now we've been you know we had. Uh, you know, one month supply, basically, if no new listings came on the market at the current level of buyer demand, we would be out of homes in a month. And we got as low as we got, I think it was 0.6 was the lowest that the city of Austin saw. So we're talking two and a half weeks of no more listings and we would have been out of houses. The balanced market in Austin is around three and a half to four. And that's, we haven't been there since 2016, I think it was. Um, and that looks like where we're headed in the short term, whether we pull back from that number a little bit once things kind of settle down or I guess get back to that. But I think being in that two and a half to three and a half month inventory number is probably where I think we will kind of settle and land in the short term. I think I'm the, I'm the realistic one. He's the, opti he's the ulti ultimate optimist. So I think we're going to probably see four and a half, um, if not a little bit above that. I do think it's going to come down. I think Zach's number isn't quite as high as that. I think he thinks it's going to come down probably a little quicker than I do, but both of us are in agreement that I don't think we're going to settle there long-term and long-term, like in a year, year and a half from now, I think we're closer to three than we are to five for sure. For sure. Uh, 
with that being said, in this market, do you think there's opportunities for buyers now? Yeah, I think the biggest opportunity for buyers right now is, one, ask yourself the question, how long do you want to own a home in Austin? If it's two years, yeah, then you should really need to reevaluate your circumstances of if it makes sense to buy. Most of the time, historically, if it was two years or three years, it's tight. It's That's where maybe it does make more sense to rent with your you know, down payment need and all of that. Austin's taking taking care of plenty of homeowners that have owned their home for 12 months or in some cases even less. We've seen that where someone buys and sells inside of six months and they've made money. Right, which but, historically is insane. Right, <laughs> yeah, not, not normal and certainly shouldn't be your expectations. Our kind of general rule of thumb is, you know, three years the minimum. Ideally, you'd like to get a little bit closer to, you know, four to five years. And I think right now that opportunity is if you're if you're going to be buying in the next 24 months, where you kind of pick your point to purchase, we don't really know what to expect six months from now, 12 months from now, 18 months from now. But right now, what we do know is sellers are motivated, sellers are willing to negotiate, and they're showing signs of desperation because of that same fear that the buyers have. And I feel like that is short term. I think once we get past this short, this kind of time frame, we will get to a point where sellers are going to be more stubborn on their price they're going to be listed a little bit more accurately and they their circumstances are going to be a little bit different right now we have this fomo selling where sellers are just trying to cash out maybe it's an investment property that they don't need and they want to take advantage of where they think kind of the top of the market is but i think that's really opportunity for buyers and the interest rate thing you can overcome a bunch of different ways so if you think you can't buy a house with a 4% interest rate, that's untrue. That um, we've, we've had clients that have been locking at that, lenders that can accommodate that. So you're not going to get this 3.25. That's pretty much out, but you can get in the mid to low fours, which is an interest rate that is still, I mean, we saw those interest rates in 2018. So not that you know far off from the past. The main thing is if you've got a five-year plan, you want to buy in Austin right now, you can kind of take your pick. Or we're seeing more inventory now than we've seen in the last few years. So that is something that I mean, we're seeing inventory levels that we haven't seen in four years. So for the first time in four years, you're actually able to go out, look at multiple homes, go back to your favorite one, have your mom and dad come with you the next time, whatever that may be, get it, feel good about it, and then negotiate the price, negotiate the terms, make sure it makes sense for you before, you know, moving forward where we coming from this place where you're blindfolded, you don't even get to see the house, you don't get to pick any of the terms, you pay what the seller wants and they don't fix anything. And it, that's an uncomfortable situation as a buyer and as a buyer's agent. That's been very difficult to you know, hold that person's hand through the process when it feels like they're getting beaten up the whole time. Now, it's a little bit more, um, it, it's a lot more comfortable for a buyer. I think the discomfort is like, where's the market going? What's gonna happen to the prices? If we see a price decrease over the next 12 months, hypothetically, if we saw 5%, if you own this place five years, that five percent isn't going to matter much. We're gonna you you may lose out on one year of those years of appreciation, but the expectation is in five years from now, Austin is going to be much more expensive than it is right now. For sure. From my standpoint, I think when we look at the demand that was there a few months ago, I mean, we talked about the last two years. The reality was, is if you didn't have at least twenty percent to put down on a house, you had basically no shot at competing in this yeah. market because you weren't going to win a multiple offer situation without being able to cover a large appraisal gap. Um, but now, because we do have less demand, you can actually get into a house for less than 20%, 10%, 5%, um, whatever it may be. So you don't have to have as much cash to be able to uh, enter this market, which opens up a lot of different financing options. 
And like you said, you're gonna have your pick of, of the different homes, not only just resale, but there's also a lot more new build inventory that's out there. And there, uh, with new build, there's a lot of incentives um, on the lender side, um, paying down closing costs, as well as getting you um, additional rates as part of their incentives to get you um, to purchase a home with them. So new build, I think there's uh, some solid options out there as well. Um, when we look at spec builders, um, beyond that, with uh, on the buy side, I mean, you you remember this whole last couple of years getting a home warranty built into a, a contract yeah. was impossible. Any sort of seller concessions, which are seller paid closing costs, basically impossible to have to to make happen. Now we can negotiate for those type of terms into a contract. We can use those seller paid closing costs to help you buy down the rate. Um, so there's a lot of a lot more options now that give you leverage on the buy side than there has been in many months, I mean, a couple of years here in Austin. Um, and we don't know how long that's gonna last. Again, one thing that I keep thinking about is it was just a few months ago when every single house we showed, we were in line to show that house. You know, there were legitimately 10 to 15 physical buyers present at all of those houses. And I just don't see a scenario in which all of those buyers have completely disappeared. I think once things stabilize that people are gonna start coming back in the market and it could happen quickly. We know the circumstances now there's opportunity to buy without a ton of competition. Um, that might be the case for an extended amount of time, but it might not be either. Um, so now it could be a window where you can get in without that competition, um, where it could come back sooner than later, where it's back to uh, uh, crazy bidding wars and not having your choice of, uh, of homes because you're competing with cash buyers and all that good stuff. So yeah, another thing with that inventory number is, you know, Zach's expectation or his comment about buyers coming back to you know, where did they go? It seems like they're standing on the sideline, they're waiting to kind of run back out on the field. But there's also, there's a lot of opportunistic sellers that are just cashing out, wanting to, you know, wanting to get rid of the homes that they've had for years, investment. Um, you know, the the one that I think of is in, investors that have rental properties. You know, they've rented them for two to 10 years and it feels like a good time to get out or they can cash out on the, on this investment and they're looking for that opportunity. And if they're not gonna, if they're not happy with the prices they're getting and that, that the fact that the market's shifting and they pull those houses off the market, they decide let's just run it again for another year or two. I think there's gonna be a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of rental properties on the market, which is investors selling. Well, they have a choice of not selling and just continuing to rent it. Because a lot of times their carrying costs are well below what, um, you know, what they're making in rent because they've owned it for a number of years. So if they don't get their number, they'll pull it, they'll rent it out, and that's gonna deplete that inventory number, which is something that we don't normally see. We don't have this, um, I mean, frankly, because homes don't normally sit on, or haven't been sitting on the market. So they, 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 haven't had that they haven't had to make that choice. So that is something that I think happened personally. I have two clients that were selling, have chosen not to, and they've continued to rent their homes for and both of them. Let's rent at least for, you know, eight to 10 months. Let's get to the spring and we'll reevaluate. And I think there's going to be a lot of that. And that is going to bring that inventory number down. So those homes are going to disappear, not only based on buyers buying, but sellers opting not to sell right now. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Like I said, this, there could, this opportunity could be extended longer than I think, like, I think it's within three months where we'll um, start to see it pick up again. But it could be shorter than that. We, it, as quickly as this turned around, it could go the other direction. We don't know that for sure, but we know current circumstances right now, there's opportunity. And if you've been on the fence for a while, highly recommend that you take advantage of the circumstances now because you might not be able to later. Yeah, I mean, a big thing is, you know, understanding what you're looking for, you know, 
in the time of ownership, are you going to be, you know, do you confidently think you're going to be there three to five years? You know, what kind of rate you can get, talk to multiple lenders, talk to an agent, get their preferred lender, you know, pick their brain, see where you can land. Cause if you think it's five and a quarter and it's four and a half, that's a big difference in your monthly payment. And that's going to dictate a few things. One, your comfort level, but also your price point, you know, that's going to dictate, Oh, I can afford a little bit more expensive of a home with this lower rate which is obviously what we're dealing with now, or it just allows you to reduce that payment. Like, oh, this is cheaper than what I was expecting to pay, and it may make sense for you. And I think the big thing is ask questions. Don't be quiet. Don't be you know shy. Ask those questions. Get opinions from the experts, lenders, real estate agents, even existing homeowners. You know, whoever you go to, don't just sit in silence and you know watch the news because if you do that there's opportunities that are going to be missed in this marketplace. I mean, and a lot of our clients that have moved up in the marketplace would have never ended up in the homes they're in now had they not bought years ago. And that's, that's something that I see most common with my clients that are buying and, you know, million dollar plus properties. They're doing that with all the equity that they've built in these lower price point homes. Yeah. And the U.S. homeowners have a net worth 45 times greater than that of renters. Yeah. And the primary reason for that is your largest allocation of funds for most people on a monthly basis goes towards housing. And as a homeowner, you're going to retain that through equity, whereas when you're a tenant, you're paying your landlord's uh, mortgage. mortgage. So yeah. Definitely get yourself in a position to take advantage of Austin's growing market and do it at a time where you're not uh, having to compete with everybody, um, all 10 to 15 people in line. So yeah. it's not a fun process. This is the opportunity that buyers have been clamoring for for the last two years. So the opportunity is now. If you want to not, if you want to go look at a few homes, you want to you be able to negotiate on the price, feel like you can beat up the seller a little bit, that has been non-existent the last two years. And that is, I mean, it's real right now. Sellers would really have to think about saying no to a buyer and not even countering where in the past that was you know common they would say this is my price take it or leave it and they could call that they could call the shots buyers that you know that power has kind of shifted from the seller to the sure. to the buyer all right do you have anything else you want to add on the market overall or should we jump into questions from the we got a question yeah we can jump into questions we got a question from kenny um, he his question is: Are there any twenty percent down cash flow positive opportunities in Austin? Well, uh, very few. They're definitely uh, there within the city limits of Austin. It's basically non-existent right now. That might change a little bit, uh, but if we expand and we look out in the surrounding areas like Kyle and Buda, Pflugerville, there are some opportunities. Um, basically, it's everything. To, to make it work from a cash flow standpoint, we talk cash flow. What I mean by that is that your um, monthly costs, so that's your principal interest, taxes, insurance, um, if you have a mortgage on it, as well as your capital expenditures and vacancy, if you you should be figuring that in as well, that is covered by the amount you're bringing in um, through rent. So that you're obviously making money on a, a monthly basis rather than losing money on a monthly basis. And there are a few that have are basically break even um, cash flow opportunities, but that's under 400,000. Basically, Pflugerville, Kyle, Buda are the areas that a few of those homes exist. There are some that pop up from time to time that you can do a traditional long term um, lease on that have those cash flow numbers. But if you're talking about, which I assume Kenny's asking in this uh, question, if you're just talking like a traditional long term rental um, in the city limits of Austin, it's very difficult to do, which is 20% down on an investment loan. 
Uh, that being said, there is some flexibility if you're open to doing short-term rentals or 30-day um, rentals. You're going to bring in more on a monthly basis if you rent it out properly. Now, the um, obstacles with that is if you do it uh, correctly in the city of Austin, you're supposed to have that permitted. Um, city of Austin is also saying for type 2 um, permits that they're going to be stopping those, which those are the permits where you um, do not live in the home at all. It's just a rental. Uh, the reality is, though, in Austin, 75% of the short-term rentals are not permitted. And that's roughly, there's roughly 10,000 um, short-term rentals in Austin. And when we say short-term rental, we're talking about like Airbnb, VRBO, um, Verbo, I guess, huh? I yeah. Can't be saying VRBO, be here in Austin. My bad team. Verbo. <laughs> it was a rebrand. It was not that long ago, so you're all right. Uh, but you can bring in a lot more cash on that to where you can have a higher price home in the city of Austin and cash flow with a 20% down. But there is a lot more risk inherent with that, especially if you're doing without the permit, um, because you can start getting those fines, you can get shut down by the city of Austin if they um, discover that you're doing it off the books. So um, something to look at, and uh, if you're interested in, in making that happen, we can definitely look at the options, both for long-term and short-term rental, and look at all of the variables that are involved with that. Anything to add on that? Yeah, the, the short-term rental permit, um, the biggest thing, and I get this question a lot from clients, and my response is, do your research. To, like, look, read the rules and the regulations that are in place from the city of Austin. There are a lot of people not following those rules, but that doesn't mean that just because they can't, they aren't, you shouldn't, because there are, I mean, there is expensive fines, you can get shut down, and you can get a type two permit, you got to jump through different hoops and there's a lot of limitations to it. Um, but there are other ways to do it. And one of them is if it is a 30 day, if you're doing monthly rentals, which is, you know, traveling nurses to, you know, executives that are coming in town for work for a short amount of time, 30 day rentals is not considered short term. So that is, you don't need a permit to do that. That's looked at like a regular long-term rental, but does normally generate a, you know, a higher revenue in, in rents when you're doing it that way. For sure. Um, and when it comes to this, anytime that we're looking at doing and um, purchasing an investment property for or with our clients, we're going to look at all those variables for every single property. You can't just, you know, say with, uh, you can't just say overall, this is available or not available. It really comes down to each individual property. So we'll evaluate all the numbers for that. We're looking both at appreciation rates, we'll look at current um, lease rates, we'll look at what your mortgage is going to be, we'll look at the opportunities to put some money into it and what your after repair value would be and all the opportunities to increase the, the rate or the um, return on investment there. Cool. All right, my friends. Well, that pretty much wraps up our first, uh, our first podcast here. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, go ahead and send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C, at wiseaustin.com. Really appreciate y'all listening and look forward to many more episodes to come. Got anything to add? No, sir. Thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you soon. All right, my friends. Have a great day. Thanks so much.